0: To internet marketing for humans digestible internet marketing insight and advice to help you grow your business hello welcome back to internet marketing for humans i'm a human and my name is andrew laws and as you'll know if you listen to this podcast before we don't just talk about digital marketing and seo we talk about entrepreneurship and try and offer some insight and interesting guidance for anybody running their own business or anybody with a developing entrepreneurial mind I have a guest with me today who has a very interesting take on the subject and has done a lot of research into one very kind of interesting aspect of entrepreneurship and mindsets. So, honoured guest, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. Hello, everyone. And hello, Andrew. Um I love great conversations with good people, and um, just briefly, to introduce myself, I'm Katrina Thomas and I'm the author of uh, Generation AI, The Rise of the Resilient Entrepreneur. I guess, in short, to summarize who I am, I am an academic and a researcher by day and I'm an entrepreneur and a mentor by by night, but I see my mission in educating people about the impact of artificial intelligence on the society, on jobs. And also helping people to build their resiliency in the age of artificial intelligence, because I truly believe that uh, building resiliency is something that can uh, provide you with the greater chances of survival and thriving in the age of artificial intelligence.
0: And I've read a good chunk of the book. I mean, to be transparent, I haven't finished it, but I'm looking forward to finishing it. And the angle that you take on on AI is, is really, really interesting to me because there's an acknowledgement in the early part of the book that a lot of us are kind of sleepwalking into an AI age. And it's something that's been around for a while already. You know, this isn't something that started a few, you know, a handful of years ago. This this has been a process that's been developing for quite some time, although kind of very, very fast. So your angle on AI, so should we, should we just define what we mean by AI first, actually, what's your definition?
1: Well, my definition of artificial intelligence is these are the artificial intelligence algorithms that are trained on big data. And as you probably know, we are sharing our data on a daily basis and the data has been expanding exponentially. So what these smart companies are now doing, they are using our data to train artificial intelligence, um, to come up with uh, some interesting stuff about ourselves, to suggest us what to buy, to show us the news we want to watch or they think we want to watch. Uh, And I mean, the application of uh, artificial intelligence today in other areas of business, such as I, including also the creativity. I mean, yesterday I was actually playing with some tools uh, which is using artificial intelligence to create uh, pictures and uh, illustrations. And it's just fascinating. So we are truly living in, in, in a world where machines and artificial intelligence algorithms are slowly and surely taking over our intelligence, really. And that's Absolutely. a scary. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is the interesting thing because because I'm a marketer and mine, yeah. that's my day job. Although like like yourself, kind of the day job is is a large part of who I am. And when I started reading the book, I was thinking, well, I think I know what's going on with AI because I I'm aware of the the buyer preference artificial intelligence which you're talking about, which we all know from sites like Amazon. You know, you they, they can present products to you that they think you might want to buy, and I know that it's been a this sort of tech has been around for a long time, even down to supermarkets with their loyalty cards, using that to prompt you that you haven't bought coffee for three weeks if you've bought it for many weeks coming yeah. before, and whatever. But there's a lot of aspects in the book that I hadn't really considered. I mean, one of the one of the statements that you make, which you, I'm, sorry, I can't remember who you quoted it from, but you're saying that by 2030, hospitals might no longer be relevant and I just suddenly thought, this is much, much larger than my little mind could possibly have, have contemplated.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> where do we start? But ju- just just, think about it for a second. Uh, he, when you go to see your GP, right, how much time does your GP actually spend with you when you have a problem, right? And when you uh, talk about your symptoms, the GP goes onto the computer and type something in and then give you a little printout, right? So the answers are already there. <laughs> but uh, GPs are going to be uh, become obsolete as a, as a profession. But if we think about artificial intelligence, what's happening right now? the big tech companies you know Google in particular, they are now working really hard um, trying to come up with all sorts of interesting, Applications of AI in medicine, and the ulti- ultimately they want to achieve immortality. They want people to be able to um, swallow a pill, or I don't know, drink a <laughs> drink, and, and then regenerate their organs and, 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 and become healthy again. I mean, in China, there are some really interesting applications now of AI, and um, then they've now come up with um, this liquid that can rebuild your teeth, right? So, eliminating all the cavities in your know. Wow. <laughs> so it, it's just, it's crazy stuff. I mean, where do we start? Uh, 3D printing of organs, and, and you know, uh, p- the problem I see in this is that who will be able to afford this tech? Mm. Okay. Are simple mortals like me and you, you, know, will be able to afford this tech? This is This is questionable, right? Or will it be only available to rich and famous, you know, celebrities? Uh, because it will be unaffordable for, you know, ordinary
0: folks. I can see the trajectory, because when I first started working with the internet, which was, I don't know, quite a long time ago, last century, we'll just put it that way, we were all excited about the internet, because this new technology was going to democratise information. And certainly in the early days, everything was free. You paid for your internet connection by the minute, if I remember rightly, But after that, that was it. There was no credit cards involved. It was just this kind of fire hose of free information, completely unsorted, completely non-peer verified, probably quite dangerous, a lot of the information. But it was all there and it was all free. And we heralded this this as the start of a new age. But very quickly, little parts of the internet became ring-fenced and became chargeable. And there are some tools, even in my own line of work, where I can't Easily recommend that my clients use them because they're really expensive, and the amount of money you pay for them—it's difficult to equate that to how much effort is put in by the developer or how much value it's worth to me as a person. So I've kind of accepted that with the world of the internet. But when we look at artificial intelligence and, as you say, pair that with healthcare, I can see that there's going to be a very different response and and availability to this technology. In England, for example, in Britain, where we have the National Health Service, compared to somewhere like America, where pharma and and the medical profession is a big money thing. And, you know, it's driven for very different reasons.
1: Well, in in, in medicine, uh, um, particularly, the the AI, what they're working on on, on now is that they want to uh, create these applications where you can prevent... um, the illnesses, because at the moment we we only cure illnesses when they're already there, and sometimes you know they, you know, it's too late for us to you know to, to get well. So we just take lots of drugs. Uh, but uh, what, what they're, they're working on now, they want to use the big data to train algorithms so they can predict the. Um, so some of the illnesses. I mean, there are already applications that can scan, um, you know, trained on pictures of skin, they can detect skin cancer better than the doctors can. So that, that, that's absolutely huge. And when you think about this, how many deaths death are gonna be predicted by the AI algorithms? I mean, it's, 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 it's fascinating to live in, in, uh, in today's world, because again, we are moving towards, but again, there, are, there is a dark side to AI adoption as well. Uh, we just don't know how much, because at the moment it's just there is no, uh, or, you know, framework. There is no uh, legal, uh, general sort of legal policy to prevent companies from developing some of the um, applications that potentially can, uh, I don't know, destroy us as a human race, um, and and it's 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 getting scary, because yeah. <laughs>
0: This is one of the, one of the points that I, I kind of enjoyed, and I did enjoy it. Sounds it like a funny thing to say, but I enjoyed the, the point in the book that you said we've always assumed that robots, so you know, bundling that into AI, would hopefully be developed to follow Asimov's three three um, key tenets of robots, which is um, cause no harm or and don't allow harm to come to humans, don't allow harm to come to themselves, unless it affects the first one. I can't remember the third one.
1: Yeah, it's the Azimov's law, isn't it, of robotics?
0: But yeah, your book makes the point that very large companies who are developing this, they they kind of don't, they probably don't have that written on the wall. You know, they they probably aren't aren't developing with with that foremost in mind because we live in a capitalist society. Money appears to be a driver for a lot of this, and I I don't know how that impinges with your experience in academia. I mean, is is the funding does the funding for AI development in academia come from big business, and do they expect something in return, or is it is it truly altruistic?
1: Well, I don't know the because uh, oh, I, I I work in the area of marketing and entrepreneurship, but I I've well I've met people um, in the past from you know representatives of big tech companies, and you know a few years back they were kind of raising the issue that you know th- there were already conversations happening between the academia and the government and the big tech companies about you know what's going to happen to jobs what's going to happen to people you know and and they they're, they're constantly kind of that's been on, on 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 the radar for quite some time now but the mm-hmm. thing is today people are so distracted with covid pandemic and and a lot of people kind of uh they want to go back to normal the question is will they be normal. Um, will be back to normal because again, if you if you if you think about you know the first recession, well, the recent recession of two thousand and eight, many people lost their jobs, right? Um, you know, many um, middle skill professions were eliminated. But if you actually look at the uh, investment by the big tech companies, it's accelerated. It's accelerated it's been steadily growing, steadily growing and yes we went back to sort of the positive um, you know economy and we um, I don't know I've, I've been trading forex and for, for for a while and I've been kind of following these trends you know how many unemployment uh, unemployment figures and so on and you would think okay well the employment is up but the thing is that employment uh, uh, has been on a rise. Because of the the gig economy, right? Because of the part-time professions and so on, you know, the middle middle skill professions have been eliminated and 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 they were gone. Um, and again, if you think about what's happening today, right, with COVID and, and stuff, um, you know, you look at the investments of the big tech companies; they they have accelerated their investments in in, in AI. So. September comes right <laughs> what's gonna happen because again the, there are so many jobs now that can be done by um, intelligent algorithms you know copywriters because I've been uh, I've been playing with the AI uh, to write a, a marketing copy right because I remember because I uh, my, my first business I started my first business it didn't really uh, succeed so I I moved and started the second business. The second business I had uh, was an Amazon business selling my own uh, supplement brand of pet products in the U.S. And I remember back then, which was 2016, I was paying a huge amount of money to copywriters. It's like $60 for writing an article or something like that because you had to outsource it. You know, you couldn't do everything, possibly everything yourself. But now you can just pay uh, a subscription to some platform, and it can write articles for you. They, it can uh, write, write books for you. Are they it's, actually good, this though? Is, this is crazy. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, I've not. I've, I'm aware of these things. I'm not. I've, I say I've not studied the copy that's come out of these AI. But the chances are, because I buy things online, I probably have read it, and it, ha- it hasn't triggered it. And, and I, I think that for me is quite surprising. I mean, I'm a writer uh, like you. I think you've written many more books than I have, but but I I write. And so I have that horrible thing where because I'm a writer, when I'm reading something, it's very difficult to disassociate from the art behind the writing. So I would have hoped I would be able to tell if I'm reading AI generated copy, but you're making me really wonder now. I assume you did write your book.
1: Getting better and better every day. And guess what? You know, Forbes is using this uh, this technology to write their articles and you won't even know that it's been written by an AI. But the thing is, with, with these applications, you also have to, you can't just click on a button and then, because sometimes it almost starts that, dig- you know, uh, regurgitating what's already written and it goes back to the previous copy it has written and starts kind of, repeating itself or sometimes comes up with this really nonsensical content. But if you're actually using it, uh, you know, if, if, if you have a uh, you know, couple of sentences generated by AI and then you put a couple of your sentences in, it then creates better and more interesting copies. So I I see more of AI human collaboration in a way uh, in, in, in the future because again, but AI is getting better and better every day. And I mean, even a f- few months ago when I finished pub- you know writing my book, uh, and my book frankly, it wasn't written with AI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I use grammarly. I use grammarly and I, lo- I love grammarly. I, I did use grammarly to help me, you know, to spot some type I, I did I did use the professional editor, but uh w- what you can generate now, I mean it's it's can it will help a lot of people to become entrepreneurs because entrepreneurship is is a very stressful thing, right? It's, you have to do so many things. Uh, There are so many, uh, you know, so many juggling going on and uh, there are tools out there that can help people to um, automate this, can you say mundane tasks, but uh, writing an article or something like that. And there are even video applications where You can put a text, and it can create a video out of your text.
0: Absolutely, I mean, I'm I'm contacted through LinkedIn uh, with people offering these tools um, at a fairly early stage, and a video one. I think it's called 60 Second Videos. It's really good. I'm going to use it. You know, it's and I'm a video editor. I've I spend a lot a lot of time painstakingly editing things, and if I don't have to do that, it's it's in my world. Um, I'm recording this. so it's obviously a podcast and so no one can see it. But as you can yeah. see, I'm recording this sitting in a recording studio. Mm-hmm. And already in, in the musician's world, I would have assumed that, that mu- music and the production of music would be one of the kind of the bastions, one of the last parts that had to be humanity and couldn't be done by, by algorithms or oh, by... Oh, yeah, no, You're
1: wrong. Be,
0: no. You're wrong. We can already buy for maybe 50 $60 AI software that will mix music and that that's something that's always been put forward as a dark art, and it's very kind of you have to train your ears. Not, no, just just download software now and press a button. So it's it's happening. So what I'm interested in is if we're now at the stage with artificial intelligence where it might not be visibly, you know, the content or whatever we're we're ingesting isn't visibly AI, then we kind of have arrived at quite an in, an important point. It's a bit like with films when Terminator Two came out conversations of everyone who watched terminator 2 were talking about wow the effects were brilliant did you see how good the visual effects were now when we watch films we don't even know the the visual effects are there so you know they've they've become normal i mean gladiator was the first one i watched and i was kind of quite shocked that a lot of it was was cgi like oh okay well we're now at the stage where it doesn't matter we don't watch pixar films and comment on how the animation is so if we're now there with ai what's I was going to ask you, what's the next step? And that's the kind of the impossible question, I guess, isn't it?
1: No one knows. I mean, you mentioned movies, and uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie trailer, Morgan. It, it's it's a horror flick, uh, Morgan. I believe it was 2008, 17 or 18 when... Um, Watson, yeah, they they use the Watson uh, cognitive programming like to create awesome. a, a trailer for, for for the movie Morgan. It's about I don't know some some genetically modified I don't know embryo, and then there's this cra- crazy looking girl, you know, very scary. But that was purely generated by the AI, uh, and it just it kind of sent the shape, um, uh, shockwaves across the internet a little bit because. It took them literally a couple of, you know, several hours to create this mm. movie trailer as opposed to weeks of painstakingly, you know, putting together different frames. And uh, yeah, it's, and you you won't tell that it's been put together by an AI.
0: But when I read about the, the Morgan trailer in your book, one aspect of it that, that really interested me, and again, it's because I'm from a marketing background, is that it could lead if we have enough computing, quantum computing is almost here, it's sort of full, kind of, then the days of everybody seeing the same movie trailer could be over. Because if the AI, you know, if there's a platform AI that knows enough about me to know that I don't really like a lot of blood splattering. I was on on course to be a nurse years ago. I've seen enough of that stuff. But if it knows that what I actually prefer is say, for example, the romantic subplot, then I can see that you know, a, a trailer might be generated just for me. It seems that the technology is there, but the computing power hasn't quite caught up just yet.
1: Would that be fair? Yeah, but they're, they're working on this. And uh, yeah, I mean, with quantum computing, just imagine if if you had one computer that could just kind of read all the, because at the moment the computer is just you know you put the file and then just read the file and then it it, once you know, it's finished and then it, it, it moves on to, to read the next file but quantum computing will be able to you know imagine reading all the books in, in the world at the same time you know in all the different libraries the question is that you know what will ai do with all this information and you know DARPA, the 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 defense ministry agency in the U.S., they 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 spend billions, right, developing cognitive um, artificial, uh, you know, uh, general artificial intelligence, developing cognitive abilities, which means they want to develop an AI that's able to think. And again, the question is, and you know, Elon Musk, you probably heard him, you know, warning people, you know, about. The right. danger of, 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 of this development because again if yeah, decides okay so how can we eliminate all the plastics in 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 oceans oh yeah okay so who's causing plastic plastics uh, you know in oceans humans so we need to eliminate humans right <laughs> and <laughs> it can just dissolve <laughs> us into little molecules you know uh, using the nanotechnology.
0: This is it made me made me smile when I, I read again in your book see um, that Elon Musk put ten. $10 million into like, a human preservation fund. And I thought, yeah, they've got the- that's not a lot of yeah. money in his world, though. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, because there are a number of, uh, but that, that was back in 2018. I, I think that they all kind of investing and, and they keep that going and they do research and they try to raise the awareness of the, the dangers of, of working. But the thing is with AI, I mean, now we, we, we talk about, you know, nuclear weapons, we just don't know. Who's working on this uh, general artificial intelligence in countries, you know, like I- Iran or, say, Pakistan or India or Malaysia or, or Russia? We just don't know that. There might be some small labs with uh, scientists working on this technology, and if that technology, um, it you know, is being released to to, to to the open then potentially it can destroy us all as human species because there is no overseeing you know there is no framework there is no policy to regulate the activities of these independent labs and independent scientists who are working on this stuff right and that's why they're now in congress in in, in the us that they, they started already questioning this this you know we, we need this overseeing ability body you know that will be controlling what you can or cannot do in your labs because it's it can potentially cause uh, you know cause us all to be (laughs)
0: it's it's an absolutely terrifying thought Um, and and i i hope that we'll look back on conversations like this in 10 years time and go oh thank goodness that didn't happen but but, you know, I, I don't want to dwell too long. I think it's very good to be mindful of these things. But for for me, very selfishly and sort of very subjectively, it's kind of an asteroid level event for me. You know, if, if that happens with AI, it's so far out of my control that I can't dedicate any of my brain to worrying too much about it. You know, it's kind of, oh, okay, well, let's acknowledge that and and hope it doesn't happen.
1: Uh, Yes, but at the same time, you know, if we do not uh, have an open conversation about this, then the governments and the independent, uh, you know, labs and scientists, they'll just continue working and they'll just make this happen without us really having a a, a say in in whether we agree or disagree with that. I don't know if you've seen this new tech, but in... Hopkins University, um, and it's on their website. In November, uh, and and this is another conversation about nanotechnology. They they actually created this miniature, you know, nanotechnology, and it's all on their website. and And it, it's really scary. So it's it's literally they, they use the parasites, um, and they created this little sort of uh, little robot with a little hook uh, that you know, if, if you swallow it or if it gets into your body, it travels down to your intestines and it attaches itself to your intense, 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 intestines <laughs> and it can release drugs, it can release uh, release vaccines and so on. So, and they're already on the website, it says, you know, it's they're open to license this technology. And and they literally have this picture of a little swap with a micro dot on it. The question is, you know, w- w- what if they'll start kind of putting this into people without them really knowing what they're putting? You know, it, it's just scary stuff. And why they're developing this technology? Why do we need this nanotech to take drugs? So, but but that's scary. And the thing is, a lot of people are just unaware of all these different developments, and they 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 just think, oh, I need just to get my, um, you know work done for a week and then i can relax and watch netflix and i'm
0: not really thinking about so we, we need a lot of people to read your book then
1: Definitely, <laughs> definitely. i would recommend
0: <laughs> i would recommend it actually i was we were saying just before we started recording that it's it's a i read m- more than half of it in in just a few hours yeah. last night because as soon as i picked it up it's very engaging i mean I I know you're from an academical background, but yeah. I mean this in as an absolute compliment. It doesn't read as an academic book. It reads, yeah.
1: But I, yeah, I also because because I, I also discuss the issues of 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 ed, uh, education and digitalization, and I am uh, you know I call myself t- technology fascist, but my my sort of background is in innovation. You know, I've been teaching innovation of corporate strategy and entrepreneurship, but I'm really aware of the impact of digitalization on you know human brain so I'm not I'm not letting even my son to watch tv as much mm-hmm. because I know that you know that there are entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley I mean they are very uh, you know they send their kids to technology you know no-tech uh, uh, schools uh, where they spend a lot of time in the nature so they become more creative and Mm -hmm. and and more, uh, you know, adjustable as as human beings. And whilst what's happening in your typical schools, right? There is this agenda of digitizing education. And the the problem I see with this is that they want this, they call themselves uh, learning scientists, and they want to collect data on children, emotional and social data on children. Yes, it's all good. It will reduce the workloads for teachers, and yes, using AI in a classroom is, is can be a good thing, right? But at the same time, there is a dark side to this as well. Because if they are collecting all this data on children, imagine if if they run the algorithm and, and decide that some kid is not emotionally or, or, or socially capable of doing something, right? It may potentially uh stop future employers or you know companies uh hiring that that kid that that's dangerous
0: no, that that is alarming i mean the right the right yeah. to right, uh, anonymity is is an important an, an important human right I and mean, this is why i'm kind of I'm vehemently against id cards or, or anything like that and people say well you know they're tracking you anyway they've got the information anyway so yeah but i don't have to help them do that yeah, I don't, I don't have to, and I'm not unique. Well, everyone likes to think they're unique, but I, I'm aware that I'm not. Any thought I have at any time is being had by thousands or hundreds of thousands of other humans around the world. So my little bit of dissent and my little bit of kickback, and just let's just stop and question it. Is is, you know, I I'm I'll be one of many people. And as you say, I, I said that, you know, asteroid level events. I, I do believe that, you know, there are certain things that I can't, I can't invest too much time because I'll just crumble into ash. But the fact, the fact that people, as long as we have conversations like this, yeah. and we're not necessarily looking for answers, it's just, let's just keep this, keep this kind of floating around and, and let's, let's not just kind of sleepwalk. And this has gone so far from kind of like a, a digital marketing podcast, but it's, it's, fascinating. Yeah. it's, a, it's as much a part of our lives as entrepreneurs and business owners and marketers as, the way we eat, you know, it's not um, my age. I'm I'm mid forties, and I grew up in a world where technology. If you if you knew how to use a computer, and this will sound bizarre to anyone under thirty, if you even knew how to use anything, a mouse even, you were singled out as being a bit odd or a bit special or some kind of crazy scientist. It was such an un- I wasn't allowed to touch the computers at my high school. Because I knew how to use computers, and it was too much of a threat to have someone who understood computers touch them. <laughs> you know, that's how technology was in the world I grew up in.
1: Yeah. Whereas,
0: yes. as you say, with our own children now, we're in a situation where everything is so based around technology that I don't want to get into the whole social media thing, but kind of I yeah. work, I've got colleagues in their 20s and they don't have the opportunity to have a forgettable. Have their peers forget their mistakes they made when they were teenagers i mean i did dumb stuff i'm your typical dumb teenage boy um yeah. nobody there's no proof of any of that there's no evidence there's there's no records there's no videos there's no photos there's nothing it happened believe me i've got scars to show it but there's no evidence whereas kind of children now grow up in a world where there is this permanent record and, and again i don't have an answer
1: but yeah.
0: I want to be mindful of it with with my own children. And the idea that you put forward of mistakes a child makes when they're six or seven or yeah. an interpretation of their behavior that's been put in place by an AI affecting a job they try and get when they're in their 40s, yeah, that, that's, that's wrong. I try not to be too black or white, yeah, right I mean, world, but I think that's probably... Not if,
1: if though, but I, I guess if, if those those kids will be classed as incapable, I mean, th- that's why in my uh, in the book I, I do argue that in the future to be relevant, I mean, entrepreneurship might be something that will give you this sense of identity because, again just by doing something yourself, becoming a digital, uh, we all have to become digital marketers. It's relevant to to your discussion and to your podcast. So, so yeah, I I do believe that there'll be fewer jobs for people in corporations and companies will be looking for superstars that are resilient, that are big thinkers and and so on at the same time, knowing machine learning and understanding uh, algorithms. But What will happen to the the rest? I think they will have to become more entrepreneurial. And of course, they will have to learn digital marketing. And just to make this discussion more relevant to your audience, uh, there are tools out there that can help you to become better at digital marketing. And again, AI-powered tools. Uh, You know, research it. The help is there, and it can actually provide you with Perhaps not first move advantage, but it can. A, a lot of people are unaware that those tools actually exist.
0: Uh, absolutely, I mean th- this is this is yeah. a message I've been putting into the world for many many years. My job should be to become obsolete. I, you know, I obviously I've worked with many clients for a very very long time, but ultimately I think the technology and the AI will catch up to a point where where I'm not needed, and I, I'm kind of all for that. Really, I don't like. It appeals to the sort of anarchist side of my nature that the idea that a small group of people holding all the information can influence the entire world it isn't one that appeals to me. Whereas acknowledging AI, especially as, as entrepreneurs and as marketers and just as yeah. human beings, and kind of almost trying to position yourself in such a way that you're aware of these things and they become your tools,
1: yeah. as
0: well as anything that's, that strikes me as very positive. We've talked about some really scary things. I think, yeah, the opportunity to to use these tools for independence is really good, and and the world is becoming more entrepreneurial.
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't think that digital marketing will become obsolete. Again, if you look at the latest sort of job reports, um, I think published by the World um, Economic Forum, uh, digital marketing is one of the skills that will be needed in the future. And again, maybe digital marketing will transform into you know, maybe your role will become more strategic, more like advisory, more yeah. you know, that's, uh, that's uh, mentorship happening. as such. Because we sometimes uh underestimate how much we know and how much other people don't know, mm. and we think, well, my, my my job is obsolete and you know everyone pretty much knows the same stuff as me. No, no, there
0: do, are many, you're many right. people
1: who are still kind of unaware how to put the landing page together, you know, (laughs) how to do an SEO, what are the latest tools? I mean, um, a couple of days ago, right, yesterday, there was the third day of Google I.O. I don't know if you watched it, but they they released this new SEO tools, right? And and, and now is a new whole, um, you know, story-making SEO um, uh, widgets uh, that will uh, disrupt the algorithm, so again, you constantly need, and, and again, how many people are actually sitting there and watching the uh, Google I.O., right? They may learn about this in, like, six months or eight months' time. But, again, if you learn about this now, and you can provide this, you know, your clients with this up-to-date information and, and keep them on track, you know, how to give them this, this this advantage, right, before the whole crowd decides to use all these tools. Yeah?
0: Yeah, no, that, that, that's cool. You, you've... Uh... You, you've kept me in work for some time there, uh, Katrina. Um, <laughs> just it so it's not just kind of the analogy I'm thinking of is a, a good friend of mine's a plumber, mm-hmm. and when he comes to fix my boiler, he turns up with a toolbox. I can go and buy any of those tools; they're, they're not exclusive to plumbers. Yeah. But if I went and bought all those tools, I wouldn't know what to do with them, and I dare say I'd flood my house fairly quickly. So, I, I think it's, it's along similar lines. It's it, there's the old joke of um, charging someone a £1,000 to fix a machine, and the machine owner says, it only took you two seconds. Why Why so much? And so, well, you know, a pound was for hitting it in the right place with a hammer. The rest of it is for my my knowledge and experience and knowing where to hit it. So maybe yeah. I'm not going to be so obsolete as I yeah. thought.
1: <laughs> people are – well, I, can you say people are lazy? But uh, what what is the right word? Uh, I think we are always trying to find – solutions that have less friction. I mean, if we can do something with a minimum effort <laughs> and we want these DIY tools, so we want someone to do it for us, right? So I'm sure that there will always be people who don't want to do it themselves because it takes the learning curve, it takes time to learn the tool, right? It takes the time to experiment to understand it and, and not many people really can be asked and and they just want uh, to outsource and have their you know free time and so i i still think there'll be some jobs for you know digital marketers um, i
0: had a had a conversation with a, a client this morning actually when i first met him years ago he wanted me to to build a website i don't really build websites i can do it and i said to him i said you can do this yourself and he said yeah i could fix my toilet myself but i'm not going to do that either <laughs> cuz <'Cause it's laughs> you go we we all we you know humanity worked because we we celebrate i hope we celebrate but we celebrate and and use each other's skills this is how we kind of keep things moving and so is ai potentially going to be a super peer you know could it could it be the ultimate friend that you can turn to for specific things to kind of move see i'm getting really optimistic now
1: I, I I think so because again what what I've been using so far, and because because I'm I'm also learning how to draw manga the the Japanese sort of drawing yeah because I I mean I have so many projects uh, this is my generation AI book it's very much you know research focused but I've got this trilogy in my head which is a fiction <laughs> and uh, I want to illustrate that. I, I want to have. Perhaps not so much a graphical novel, but I want to illustrate because I know how much I paid for those cartoons I've included in in the book. Uh, And I just want to do it all myself Um, because, again, I can express myself better uh, if if I do it myself. Uh, But still, you know, you just kind of, you are looking at this, this, this graphical tools today and you're just thinking, oh my God, it's just a matter of time when... AI will start drawing things better than you will. Mm-hmm. And and yes, it can. But what I see today is, is you can actually use AI maybe to have as a starting point. And what I found that there are some really good uh, artistic sort of applications of artificial intelligence to create like, picturistic la- landscapes, right? And maybe your characters will be drawn by hand to make some you know expressions but you will automate like drawing some some picturistic futuristic landscape using ai so i'm pretty much i am optimistic and i'm thinking that we can use ai to our advantage and you know create and share our art create and share our creative work easily because again what was happening 5 years ago we were struggling you know to write articles, to, to to do something ourselves. Now all these tasks can be more or less automated, and it's it, it frees up uh, some of our time to do more creative stuff.
0: Absolutely, and I think it also shows us that the AI might not be the tool that we're using to create, but it's the tool that gets gets we get gets technology to to the point where we can. So video, for example. I've made videos since I was a teenager, as I mentioned editing earlier. Now I encourage all my clients to use their iPhone or their Android phone to make videos to for, for marketing. Now that's been a massive leap forward. I've got huge old-fashioned, very good, massive cameras here in my office. Mm-hmm. But just you know, most clients say, just use your phone now. Um, because it's not only the AI that's developed handheld technology to that point. Now, you can almost take a better, this is going to be controversial, you can almost take a better photograph with an iPhone than you can with a traditional SLR. I went out on a photo job a few weeks ago to take a picture of an old building for a client, and the sky was really cloudy and the, the front of the building had the sun on it. So when I took a picture with an SLR, the sky came out white and the building was fine because the primitive metering can't handle both. I took the same picture with my phone. The sky was perfect and the building was perfect. That's mm. that's an AI algorithm. That's yeah, that's yes. not me using my brain. And I just thought it's over, <laughs> kind of almost. Like, <laughs> the, the years of slogging it away with with kind of loads of information, uh, you know, loads of of training and, and photography skills.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it's done. So I'm many face list are going to hate me for saying
1: yeah. that. But. Oh, crazy. Uh, yesterday I actually been to the webinar uh, and um, the guy was showing this, um, uh, you know, tools, AI tools to, to, to draw, and he mentioned this lumina, and I'm actually looking at my, you know, uh, monitor, at this lumina, and, you know, you're talking about photography, and this is exactly what it does, what you just explained. It just kind of, and you think, okay, what is the future for photographers? right but again maybe they'll just have to reimagine how photography is done and what they do you know when they do photography because again if some of these tools uh, you know it's it's almost like taking away a part of their job but maybe freeing up some room for them to do something more creative or
0: absolutely the, because we don't have to you know, in, in the early '90s, we took photos on film, and then we we taped uh, taped ourselves inside dark rooms, <laughs> or like a cupboard, and then <laughs> see all the, and we spent hours developing the photos. Now, you know, we we can go and I haven't done wedding photography ever really, but I did. I've done a couple, and I could take two thousand frames. And from that gate, maybe 25, 30, really, really high quality pictures. That would have yeah. bankrupted me 20 years ago with the amount of film I would have needed. But it meant yeah. I could spend more time trying to get the right photo. So photographers, there, there's a local guy uh, called Ross Dean who, who's been on this podcast. He's a fantastic portrait photographer. And his skill isn't, well, <laughs> his skill is the technical side of photography, is exposure, yeah. is composition. But I think one of his biggest skills is he puts people at ease beautifully. And everyone he takes a picture of, he genuinely captures the absolute essence of who they are. And that's the skill. That's the kind of thing I think, yeah. can't, not saying it can't be done by AI, but that's probably going to take a lot longer because it's, it's such a, yeah. a, when I had my picture yeah. taken by, it's the one on my website, he, I didn't just turn up, sit down, have the picture taken. We spoke for ages beforehand, and he got to know me, and and all these almost intangible things came together to make that photo, to make that that yeah. one.
1: Yeah, I mean AI now, with for, for for example, for com- content creation, can write, can help you write articles and and even books, but you still need to use your brain, right? Because <laughs> there'll be no right, you know, the AI will write it, but you 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 it won't. Consider your emotions and and what you wanted to say. So you need to almost guide it or massage it in a way and and train it and and really kind of feed your thoughts, your ideas into it, and and then it can you know uh, because you can't just put it on autopilot and and uh, to, and, and hope that it is going to come up with creative. It's and, still, a, and creative it's still a
0: sausage machine. You still got to put the the right. Exactly. The right ingredients in to Recipe, get the get yes. sausage out the other end it doesn't
1: <laughs>
0: just just guess there you go there, there's a quote from me AI is a sausage machine <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: well said yes but okay. uh, no it's all exciting exciting beauty
0: definitely excellent this conversation I think could probably go on for, for hours but um we're, we're coming up to time now so um before before I sign off how can people find your book and find out more about your work
1: Uh, uh, They can find me. Uh, I've got a website called and I've got a YouTube channel called uh, Resilient Entrepreneur 101. And I have a Facebook page, which is called Resilient Entrepreneur 101. So yes, uh, I'm happy to connect. Uh, I'm a very friendly human being. (laughs) And of course, you can find me on LinkedIn, so.
0: Brilliant. We'll we'll include all the links in in the show notes for this. Thank you. Thank you ever so much for time. I've really enjoyed this. And um, well, just thank you. What more can I say?
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Okay. um, I'm going to say goodbye. Would you like to say goodbye?
1: Yes. Bye, everyone.